Hello and welcome. You found the Social Work Podcast. My name is Jonathan Singer, and I'll be your host as we explore all things social work. Hey there, podcast listeners. March is Social Work Month. I know, you're saying, but every month is Social Work Month. Yeah, and that's true for social workers. But social work is one of those professions that, to misquote Ogden Rogers, who was a recent guest of mine on the podcast, if you're doing social work well, people don't know you're doing it. So let's have a month to remind the general public of what social workers do. And in that spirit, I'm going to talk about some upcoming episodes. I know, I never do that, but here I am. I'm going to talk about some resources for social work and technology and some information about my book, Suicide in Schools, which was published by Routledge Press in December of 2014. NASW's theme for Social Work Month 2015 is Social Work Paves the Way for Change. Now, I love our profession and all that we do to pave the way for change for the oppressed, marginalized, underrepresented in our society. And I also recognize that there are social workers who've paved the way for me to change, to become the best social worker that I can be. So every day this month, I'm honoring a different social worker who's inspired me and helped me to change. You can see my list of social workers on the Social Work Podcast Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash swpodcast or the Twitter feed at podcast. Now, I've got some great episodes coming up. If you do family therapy, if you work with suicidal kids, if you're interested in attachment theory, I will be talking with Guy Diamond and Suzanne Levy, two of the co-developers of Attachment-Based Family Therapy, which is an empirically supported treatment for families with suicidal kids. Why doesn't your son come to you when he's up in his room feeling suicidal? What's gotten in the way of him seeing you as his natural, instinctual context for safety and protection? And we're just trying to establish this kid isn't going to their parent, and that's having dire consequences for everybody in the family. And we use that to help motivate the family to say, we want to work on a relationship, and we want to figure out why our child isn't coming to us for help and support when they're feeling horrible. I'm going to be talking about cognitive enhancement therapy with Sean Eek. CET is an empirically supported treatment for people with schizophrenia that addresses cognitive and social deficits. One of the challenges that people in the field have observed, though, is that even after individuals are able to get a good response from the medicine they're taking and uh, get good supports in order to help get them back on track uh, in terms of their lives after a hospitalization, they still are having a lot of trouble building a good quality of life and building a fuller recovery. I'm going to have an episode on working with deaf people where I talk with Teresa Crow from Gallaudet University. American Sign Language is a language that is distinct from English, and I'll give you an example. Um, I went to the World Congress on Mental Health and Deafness. My area of social work practice is in mental health with deaf people. And I went to register for the conference, and I walked into the city hall um, trying to find out where the registration booth was, and there was a room full of signing people. It was wonderful. 
except I couldn't understand anything that they were signing. Turns out many of them were signing British Sign Language, which uses different hand shapes, the alphabet is on different fingers, uses two hands as opposed to one hand, and I got by with a lot of gestures. I'm going to talk with Alice Lieberman about the contribution of the Children's Bureau to social work education based on the book she co-authored, Women and Children First. And it's going to provide a historical overview of some of the context for today's social work practice. There was a relationship between Julia Lathrop and all those people at Hull House. She was a Hull House person. And the University of Chicago School of Social Philanthropy, which became, you know, SSA. SSA. They were very interested in grounding the work that they did in research. Now, what research meant back then was different than what it means now, but we talk right now about what are the evidence-based approaches, you know, we need to operate from a research base, and they were operating from a research base back then. I mean, it's not a new idea. The more you know about Jane Addams and all those women who did Hull House, the more crazy awesome they were because we're still doing the things that that they talked about all those years ago. You know, that to me is- I'm going to be speaking with Steve Anderson about his recent book on social innovation. Social innovation, of course, a huge buzzword. Uh, philanthropeneurship, uh, microfinancing, all of these issues. How do these play into social work? How do we make sense of all these various and diverse concepts? Many years ago, people in our field distrusted business. It was a dirty word. And it largely flowed from the perspective that business largely was exploitive of the populations that we worked with, particularly the poor. And there's a lot of truth in that. However, I think what happened is we tended to dismiss some of the things that we could learn from folks who worked in the the business world and turned away from it completely. And so we've had a long history of agencies failing largely because they didn't operate very well. They might have had a great idea, but they were poor in marketing, they were poor in fundraising. We might uh, do a better job of if we followed some standard business principles. I'm also going to interview my co-author, Terry Erbacher, about our book, Suicide in Schools. And we're going to do a rundown of some of the forms and resources that we created in our book so that you can use them when you work with suicidal kids. Speaking of the book, I'm honored to be one of the first guests on NASW's new Tweet Chat series. Tweet Chats are opportunities for people to gather on Twitter at a specific time and use a specific hashtag. Hashtags are those symbols that, for most of us, we used to call the pound sign. And we gather to discuss a specific topic. And on April 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be talking about my book, Suicide in Schools. If you're not familiar with tweet chats, Laurel Hitchcock has a wonderful guide to how to participate in a tweet chat. If you like the tweet chat, then there are a bunch of different topics that meet regularly on Twitter, such as tweet chats for macro social work, healthcare, as well as suicide prevention. And I can post all of this information on the Social Work Podcast website. Now, speaking of Laurel Hitchcock, she's one of a growing cadre of experts in the integration of social work and technology. And many of these folks can be found posting on the Google Plus group called Social Work and Technology, as well as Twitter. Some names to look out for include Laurel Hitchcock, Nancy Smith, Jimmy Young, Karen Zagoda, Melanie Sage, Julie Hanks, Neil Ballantyne, Dorley M, 
Lori Goldkind, Mike Langlois, and recently Sean er- Erger, or Erger, or Erger. I'm sorry, I've only ever seen his name written, and I, I, sorry, dude, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Another place where you can get information about technology and human services in general is HUSITA.org, which stands for Human Services Information Technology Applications. This is an international group. They've got a great listserv, and they have a journal, and you can get information from people all over the world about what are they doing to integrate social work, technology, human services, and applying that to improve the quality of life for people who use social services. Some tech resources about social services, which is different from social services resources about technology, include several excellent podcasts. In the United States, there's the University of Buffalo School of Social Work in Social Work podcast, the Columbia University School of Social Work Social Work Matters. Globally, we have David Niven's Social World podcast in the UK, Griffith University's PodSocks from Australia, the University of Toronto's Factor Inwintosh Faculty Social Work Profiles in Social Work out of Canada. I'm very excited about all these podcasts, and if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to them, please do so. The last thing I'm going to talk about today is the book that I co-authored, Suicide in Schools. I wrote this book with Terry Erbacher from Pennsylvania and Scott Poland out of Florida because We didn't know of a single resource that provided school professionals with kind of a soup-to-nuts understanding of prevention, assessment, intervention, and postvention. And so we wrote Suicide in Schools to provide school-based professionals with practical, easy-to-use guidance on developing and implementing suicide prevention, assessment, intervention, and postvention strategies at the individual family, school, and community level. Our book includes detailed case examples, guidelines, handouts, and internet resources on the best approaches to effectively working with youth who are experiencing a suicidal crisis, as well as those students, families, school staff, and community members who have suffered the loss of a loved one to suicide. We talk about practical things, such as you're a school social worker and you want to start a suicide prevention program. How do you do it? What programs are out there? What are some of the issues to consider? Okay, so there's lots of resources out there from SAMHSA and uh, the American Association of Suicidology, but how do I make sense of all that? Well, we do that for you. Let's say there's a kid who's being discharged from a hospital for a suicide attempt, coming back to school. You don't have time to do a full-blown suicide assessment every day. We've created a suicide monitoring tool that you can use. What happens in the classroom After a student has died by suicide, what do you do with their chair? We have provided information, soup to nuts, about how to deal with all these things and many, many more in the book. Now, I'm telling you about this because if you're a school social worker, I want you to have this resource. If you are a social worker who has a kid who's in school, let your kid's school counselor know about this. Tell the principal, tell the superintendent. This is a practical guide And you are the best people we know to get the word out to the people who really need this information. So if you want to hear more about that, join me on April the 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Tweet Chat. And I'll 
figure out what the hashtag is, and I'll put that on the website. Thanks for all that you do, social workers. We're an amazing and storied profession. Happy Social Work Month, and keep up the good work. Thank you.